0: Nicole and their expert guests are here to answer all your burning questions about aesthetics procedures, candid discussions and stories of the latest trends and greatest gadgets. From dry vagina to frozen faces, Aesthetics Uncensored, where nothing is off limits. welcome to Aesthetics Uncensored. You're here with Nicole Montgomery today and today I'm so excited because I'm talking to Dr. Martina Lavery and from um, local to me from Winston Hills. So Dr. Martina has two clinics, uh, Martina Dental and Plus Aesthetics. Welcome.
1: Hi, good morning. How are you?
0: Fantastic. I'm excited to speak to you because I uh, feel like a stalker following you on
1: Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We all feel like we know each other in this virtual world, don't we?
0: Yes, yes. So look, I'm happy to um, introduce uh, what Plus Aesthetics is and um, what you do because obviously you cross over between aesthetic medicine and of course um, traditional medicine or I'm happy to let you introduce and tell us a little bit about yourself. What would you prefer?
1: Um, I'm happy to introduce myself. Um, Excellent. That's fine with me, Nicole. (laughs) Tell us all about Plus Aesthetics and how it came about. So I'm a dentist and have been a dentist for almost 25 years. And Plus Aesthetics was really born out of a vision to integrate dentistry with wellness and the aesthetics arena, but very much backed by a medical and dental model. Yes. And so simultaneously, you run two businesses. Yeah. So the businesses are integrated. So it is one business. Yeah. And they are integrated. So first and foremost, I am a dentist. I am a preventative, cosmetic and integrated dentist. Um, I'm a dentist that um, values full body wellness And I think it's really, really important that we start to um, have the philosophy and the idea that dentistry is not a separate entity in the body. Your teeth are very much integrated with your overall wellness. And um, I really got into aesthetics um, by, you know, an accident, it was, A passion of mine that led me into aesthetics. So I do treat a lot of pain patients. Um, I'm very aware of how the body can manifest stress and pain um, in the mouth and the face. And so I was treating quite a few patients for facial pain with, you know, bespoke splints and referring them to multidisciplinary specialists. And then, you know, realized that there were little bits of the treatment planning missing where injectables could come in. And so I went along, did some courses and find, you know, that this was an area that I really liked, um, was good at. And now I have pursued it with a lot more in-detail training. And I have just completed a master's in facial aesthetics And I have all of this is an adjunct to my learning as a dentist and my profession as a dentist, Um, done a diploma in dermal therapy to understand where that needle is sitting. You know, I think to have more knowledge and more experience will offer the best outcomes to our patients. And um, that's really how I got into it. Many things are fined through, you know, um, I guess they're fined through um, not an intentional pathway. I mean, look at um, anti-wrinkle injections themselves. They were found by pure accident and, you know, what a find that was.
0: Yes. So
1: um,
0: a lot of people assume that um, a dentist is only doing you know, a little bit of Botox here or I should say antiviral injections, Um, not necessarily as much as you do. So I think that's really great how you've got the two different brands, even though it is the one business and the one location. Um, But do you find that you sometimes get that negative, um, you know, assumption from people within the industry that you're just adding a quick treatment on? Because obviously you must have a creative flair and already some form of um, creative background to have that aesthetic eye?
1: Well, I think, you know, we all bring our skill set to our profession. So, my skill set would be to listen well and find out really what makes the patient tick. And find out how we can help that patient. And it may not be me that they need to see, maybe someone else. So setting up, you know, referral pathways, people who are more specialized to treat than me. But I think, you know, the more knowledge and the more skills that you have, the more you can help your patients achieve what they want to achieve. Um, I am a creative person. I am very much an aesthetically driven person. I love design, fashion, beauty. And, you know, the fact that I can actually integrate this into my work life is like a dream come true. You know, it's just wonderful. Um, But I also am a medical professional. So I have extremely high standards, work with a very ethical and um, background and, you know, I think it, it, it just depends what your skill set out, what you what you bring to your profession. I mean, there are people who are great in any profession and there are people who are not so great in any profession, whether it's dentistry, medicine, law, forklift, truck driving, but, you know, now the <laughs> under 18-year-olds in New South Wales can get a job at with the new changes with all the COVID restrictions. So wow. I think everyone probably needs to be judged on their own merit and not grouped um, and, you know, portrayed with the same brush. So I think individual approach is probably um, the best way to assess these situations.
0: Well, you've certainly made a big splash in this industry because you were really cover of Sparring clinic. Um, the last issue of Sparring Clinic which was amazing it was a beautiful cover thank you and and you have an incredible following on Instagram you're an Instagram superstar (laughs) I love all your reels Um, which is also another example of your creativity
1: well I think you know the reels really came about during lockdown and I think you know I'm used to working really hard I'm used to connecting with people I really realized that I am such a people driven person Um, and I felt that reels were a really good way to keep the connection going with people because people were really uncertain during that time and felt really disconnected so I think you know despite some of them coming across a little bit silly I think they were received well by people because people were all feeling a little bit flat. And I think, you know, we can always go to humor. I'm a very serious person, actually. So um, it's interesting, because I am a super serious person. And in the clinic, like you know, very high standards, no nonsense approach. But I think I don't take myself seriously. And I think that's probably a really good quality to have. And, um, you know, and you put yourself out there in social media, you it's the good, the bad, the ugly that will come of it. So Yeah, but um, the people who matter to me, who are my patients, my family, my followers, they seem to appreciate it.
0: Oh, my goodness, yes. And you give us all a good love. I'll never forget the, um, the post that you did of when we were coming out of lockdown. Yes, and it was like you know, book your appointment at, or if somebody calls me for an emergency, you know, medical appointment, yes. it's it you running in and falling into the clinic. Yes,
1: <laughs> that was actually live footage. That was real. That wasn't even made up.
0: <laughs> that was so funny. I think I watched it. Oh my goodness, like on repeat. I know. Um, and it, it actually made you really human.
1: Yeah, I you think know? we must. We must, you know, try to be authentic, and you know, no one's perfect. We can try to be, but. You know with the best of intentions no one is and i think that can probably be one of our greatest strengths to be able to be authentic and show vulnerability and um you know you're there trying to do your best and um with good intentions and yeah i think it, it's really important that people say you know that you know you're you're just like anyone else really
0: oh my goodness it is it's so funny um, to to watch you and I think for any lay person um when you have that title when of a doctor you, you yeah. always assume that that person you know is on a pedestal they're smarter than you they you know that they, they um you know that they, they are they're of a higher standing I guess and um yeah. And that's just society. We, we have a great respect for doctors. So um, yeah. to, to, to break down that that barrier and and feel really comfortable to go into your clinic, like as if you already know like as if we're yeah.
1: yeah, is,
0: is incredible. Not many people can do that.
1: Yeah, but look, I see it as a great honor to do what I do. You know, I'm seeing people like they're absolutely most vulnerable. Um, you know, you think of how many more intimate situations. That are purely platonic, that you find yourself in, that someone has their fingers in your mouth. So I think that, you know, I every single day take that role very, very seriously. I see it as a huge honor. Um, I see people in their most vulnerable states. And um, I think it's my absolute role to respect that privilege, that title. A title is just a title until you can prove it different, and um, yeah, I think it's it's a real privilege to do the work that I do, and I treat every single patient that comes into my care with with that philosophy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's incredible, and I think um, I think that that resonates through all of your your marketing for people who don't know. Um, the Instagram handle is dr underscore m a r t i n a underscore l a v e r y and I believe you actually have more than one Instagram account but this is the the primary one that I follow um, but of course you cross-pollinate between the two and um, you're clearly very busy because you're yeah, super
1: busy yes yeah. absolutely
0: business owner, a dentist, aesthetic professional, um, an expert, you're um, a mum, you know, like you're doing so many different things. I can't even imagine when you And I actually
1: just added the skill of becoming an umpire. I was given a role of being an umpire at the cricket carnival that I just went to. So, you know, you can learn new things. I think we all must keep an open mind and have a growth mindset. We can, we can learn new things all the time.
0: It's incredible. You're remarkable. So when you have a client come in and you're talking about, you know, skincare or um, for instance, maybe a package that will help them to achieve their goals over a long period of time. um, And they say, I'm just too busy. (laughs) How do you, how
1: do you combat
0: that? And. um,
1: Well, I would probably just say, well, look, I'm probably not the right clinic for you because for you to get good results, it takes commitment So I'd rather be honest and um, I'd rather do the right thing for the patient because it's a very much a patient centric clinic. So if a patient is just like dentistry, if patients don't make the commitment, then I'm probably not the right clinic for them. So, um, you know, you, you can't get dream results overnight and you can't achieve wellness or you can't achieve dental health or great aesthetic results by a quick fix. So anyone that offers that is misleading. And I love saying no. I think the word no is so underused in the aesthetic world, in the world in general. imagine you have a um,
0: lot. Do you have people laying down, you know, ready to do their, booked in to obviously have dental work done. And then all of a sudden they're asking you 101 questions about aesthetic procedures.
1: Well, look, I mean, I think we have really in-depth consultation. So I probably talk more than I do. I think talking is really important. I think the talking is more important than the doing. I think great results occur in the consult, not in the treatment. So I I think, you know, you can't um, do dentistry and you can't do aesthetics without a plan because it will just end in disaster. So I think you know it's, it's very much um, uh, a treatment planning philosophy that I have across the board, both in aesthetics or dentistry. And I'm not a one hit wonder person. I'm very much into building relationships. So I think everyone finds the practitioner they're looking for. And if you can't commit, you're not gonna achieve the results, then I'm gonna be the baddie. So I'd rather sleep at night and I'd rather get great results for the patients who really do want to put the effort in and commit. So, yeah, the, it's a very fickle world there. And I think, you know, you really can pick also the patients who are really vested in getting good results too. So if someone wants a quick fix and they don't want to put the effort in, they're, they're not going to get the results. That's just the bottom line. It's like going to the gym, isn't it? Or eating well. takes time, takes consistency, it takes education, it takes knowledge, and it takes um, ownership. You've got to own what you're doing. So I think, you know, if we were actually more ethical and more patient-centered, we'd probably say no a bit more, I think. I love saying no. (laughs) I I love it. I say no more than yes, actually. Well,
0: I think that's actually a really good, um, a really good tip in itself for for all of us because we all, um, you know, tend to want to be people pleasers and, and say yes, especially you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard, but yeah. you save yourself a lot of sleepless nights, I think. So, the ability to say no and offer second opinions, it really cuts through who's serious and who isn't. And um, yeah, and if you're serious about getting great results and looking like fresher and five years younger. You'll get them. You'll really, you really will achieve them because aesthetic medicine is evolving so rapidly. Um, and, you know, there are so many non-surgical options out there that can really achieve great results for your patients, but it's not going to happen overnight. So I think, you know, even someone who wants to come and, you know, they're keen to do so many things, and then you actually say, well, hey, you know, it's going to involve this and it's going to involve this. You can see their reaction if they're still motivated after you tell them the risks, the complications, the downtime, the cost, the ongoing maintenance, if they're still keen, then they're going to get great results and. If they're not and they maybe just want like you know the lips filled or they want to say have a hydrofacial or something like that well that's great too, but they're not going to achieve the results that someone's completely committed to will achieve.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, what would you say is your favorite treatment at the moment?
1: Oh, well, look, today is actually my first day back in the clinic. I haven't worked um, because we had, you know, so many problems um, in the lead up to Christmas with COVID. I just didn't feel safe. Patients didn't feel, you know, that they wanted to ruin Christmas. So we, we really didn't work before Christmas. And then I was planned to go on holidays. So I am just itching to get back into that clinic and even just, you know, start up great new relationships with people. I love creating long-term relationships with people. Um, my favourite treatment, the probably the wow factor to do and the treatment that patients love the most is probably lip filler sculpting. I think that that probably is, you know, the one thing that, patients really love doing and I think you know when you've done the dentistry you've got the mouth healthy perhaps you've done some cosmetic dentistry and then you just sort of think oh you know those lip lines or you know that needs a little bit of shaping just to be able to do that as well I think really is the icing on the cake so I love doing that I think that's my real happy place actually I really, and I love the results as well. And I think, you know, it's a purely represented area um, in aesthetics. It can be done really, really badly. And, you know, patients are always so super concerned about, oh gosh, you know, am I gonna look ducky or is anyone gonna notice? And, you know, there's so many bad lips out there and so many poor filler choices that are and injection techniques that are used. It makes me cringe, actually. And, um, you know, when they see it and they go, oh, you know, it looks so natural. Well, it's just an understanding of the anatomy and the product choices and technique and, and patient selection too, I think. Oh, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> that's okay with <we're> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> oh. friend. Uh, talking about pain,
0: <laughs> how do you, um, when you do lips? Yes. I'm just thinking immediately, dental blocker. (laughs) Yeah. How do you manage pain? I mean, some patients obviously have a very good pain threshold. But do you manage pain, I would assume, better than uh, somebody maybe who doesn't have the knowledge in regards to pain as as you do?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Look, um, pain is such a multi-factorial um experience isn't it um you know and it's such a person dependent um I, had my, as well.
0: I had my borders done of the border of the lip done once so i nurse yeah. said to me oh this is amazing and everyone's doing this and we should do the borders and it was yeah. the most painful experience <laughs> I thought oh my god how am I gonna how am I gonna do the other half you know, you, know you
1: have uh, like over a million nerve endings in your lips So that, I mean, that's why kids put things in the lips first before they use their fingers because it's such an innervated sensory part of the body. Um, Look, I don't, I mean, me managing pain is just something I do on a daily basis. So, you know, I think it's very much ability to have a relationship with someone, um, ability to read that person, ability to see what that person's gonna cope with or not. And I think, you know, the less you intervene in the body, the better. So, if a patient can do it without pain relief, awesome. You know, we can just use the little vibrating tool. We can use positive suggestion. Okay, I just apply it as if I would do the dentistry with an anxious patient. You know, um, the tapping on the hand to get the distraction, the um, relaxing oils, the massage, the distraction techniques, they're all part of the patient management and the patient experience. So it's very, very different when you see someone who is experiencing pain physiologically as in pathology. So they come to you and they're in pain and you need to get them out of pain and manage it. It's very different when you're actually electively um, causing pain. So, but the management I think is the same. So I think, you know, the less drugs and things that you give to someone is always better. Um, And I think behavioral management you know, just extends, I've been doing this for 20 years. So and I love treating anxiety. I think I'm our, t- our team are actually really good at treating anxiety, we really understand it. So when someone's getting the lips done, you know, we can read all the signs, we can do the deep breathing, but you know, they can have the topical anaesthetic applied. Um, for patients who are really nervous and have absolutely zero pain tr- tolerance, you've really got to ask yourself the question, should you be doing it or not? Like, you know, Really, if the patient can't cope with it, then should you be doing it? I don't think so. But you can, you know, have a dental block. I mean, that's just something you do in your sleep as a dentist. You don't even think about it. You know, it's just you have a a needle in your hand pretty much 80% of the day. So as dentists, we are doers. We're not thinkers or we're doers. We have things in our hands all the time. We are doing we're making decisions all the time we're monitoring the patient so yeah I think using needles is something that you know I, I just like something it's an extension of my fingers I, I, I can't remember you know not using needles <laughs> and um,
0: let's say for instance you have somebody who now has beautiful perfect natural looking lips that are all within proportion of their features yes and then they smile and they have terrible terrible yellow teeth or yeah bad teeth what do you do i mean my hairdresser does teeth whitening which yeah. well a- look they wouldn't be my
1: patient so they wouldn't be my <laughs> patient if that's the case because that's really poor treatment manum so dental dental first health first and then icing on the cake last so if a patient were to come to me with the lovely lips and it was a patient who i would met for the first time and they needed to sort out their teeth well you know then you have to look at that because you know you can really get it wrong because you know the skeletal base and the dental base of the lower face will really dictate the position of the lips So if you're just looking at the lips and not looking at the teeth and the support at the back and the jaw profile and the position Mm. of the upper and lower jaw together, the lips can look a bit odd. So, you know, you would never do lips and then do the teeth like you would. Well, I wouldn't because I'm first and foremost looking at the teeth. So really, you know, what you're doing is you're making sensible choices and you're staging the Mm. treatment in an appropriate way. So you're dealing with health first and then aesthetic second. And, you know, like really there are evidence now to suggest that when you do lip filler and there could be oral bacteria because of dental decay or gum disease, that actually can manifest in complications with infections in the lips. So I think, you know, even doing, there's so little evidence, you know, that's what I find when I was doing my masters, you know, aesthetic medicine is quite a new arena And there's so little evidence for many of the decisions that we make. Many of the decisions and many of the protocols that are made by you know, aesthetic doctors are actually just made through their own observations in their own clinics or talking through Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups and seeing what someone else does. And I think that's the important thing in aesthetic medicine is we need to go back to the evidence base. We need to look at the literature. We need to see what works and actually have clear guidelines and protocols and I think you know that that will come it will come because obviously aesthetic medicine is you know it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's a growth area of medicine and um, I think the evidence will slowly come and we will see it turn around I think because the level of complications will just continue to increase so I think just um, you know I'm very risk averse practitioner anyway so You know, I think the best thing to do is to get someone to have their um, dental checkup, make sure their health is good, eliminate any source of bacteria or infections. Then if they want to, they can do the lips. We would recommend pre-rinsing before any lip procedures to minimize any bacterial contamination of the borders, the wet-dry border. And then also, I think, you know, there are some uh, articles that, are showing that, you know, even with the administration of cheek fillers, there can be a molar infection. So the back teeth, there can be infections in the molars, there can be a dead tooth, and that can form, um, you know, hypersensitivity nodules or type 4 delayed hypersensitivity or infection. So I think it's like nothing can be separated, nothing can be segregated. The more knowledge we have, the more we work together, the better it will be. And I think, you know, I I have very much a wellness, like health driven philosophy in my practice and a preventative practice. And I think, you know, when we can pick up the phone and talk to a colleague or talk to another practitioner without judgment or ridicule um, to get advice or help or just, you know, what do you think of this? I think that that will be a really great step forward because You know, it does feel like at the minute, you know, dentistry and medicine are entirely separate entities and never the twain shall meet. So my hope would be in my practicing life that we can see a bit more integration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think... um... It's, it's sometimes um, more about what we need as opposed to what we want, whereas some of the, you know, the bigger sort of franchise chain clinics, you can literally just pick off a menu and isolate something and, yeah. go and have it because you might think this is what I want today. I want to, you know, yeah. I want to go and I want to get this done. Whereas when you see somebody like yourself who is an expert and, and has that holistic um, approach, we get to learn as clients what it is that we actually need, which will give yeah. us ultimately what it is that, that we
1: initially wanted. It's tough, though, because, mm. you know, that that is the mentality. You know, we are a one-mil mentality society, aren't we? Yes. So, you know, I um, I, you, it, you know, you get a phone call, how much is one-mil chick filler? Well, I mean... <laughs> Like, how is that even a question in your head that, you know, how much is one mill of filler? It's just, I think it's just so random and it's such a lack of education. And I think that really needs to be turned around. I think.
0: In a sense, I suppose um, Groupon and um, what are the other ones? Kudo and all of these discount sites and a yeah. of, you know, social media ads will say, you know, x amount of dollars for half a mil or x amount of dollars for one mil and in our yeah. minds we're assuming that that you know it's very cheeky to do a half a mil ad because the yes. price looks so attractive you think oh yes gosh, $250 and I can get my lips to look like the person in the picture that's right but of course the person in the picture may not even have lip filler
1: <laughs> that's right yeah so I guess that's advertising and regulation yeah. and yeah. It, it's
0: really hard though because it, it confuses yeah. consumers, and yeah, especially absolutely. If, if you are conscious of price. Um, and you know, sometimes it can be a little bit daunting to go to a consult not knowing because you might think, you know, it's like when you go to a restaurant if there's no prices on the menu, you right. assume this restaurant's too expensive for me. Um, right. And um, it may not actually be the case. You know, a lot of um, doctors uh, like yourself are are. Um, accessible yeah. and you know there are different options for payments and, and so on and so forth yeah. but I think we just assume and there's that fee, and think oh well this is really cheap because it's on
1: group yeah, one exactly and I think it's such a gray area isn't it you know this you know medicine aesthetics beauty and I think you know we really have to keep sending the message through that these are medical procedures. It's not like, you know, it's not like something that is external to the body. It's really going to be in your body. And, you know, there are so many things that can go wrong. And I think we need to start to really try to push home the message of the seriousness of it. I don't Absolutely. know how, I think, yeah, you know, we're just, right. just going to need to many, be. Many
0: groups, yeah. do a disservice to the industry when they do ads like that. Yeah. it does make it very frivolous, um, you know, and it does seem like it's just a, you know, no downtime, no pain, no this, no that. And it does make it sound really simple and really yeah. Angry, whereas um, you're right, I've never heard a positive story from a discount. No. They're, they're always a nightmare and then you always come back to that sort of, theory you know you get what you pay for
1: that's right but you know you learn the lesson hard i guess whenever you're in that situation but yeah yeah and i think you know the 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 cohort um who are searching for aesthetics has changed as well so you know we've got the millennials the drive so that sort of instant want it today get it today tap the card pay later um you know i want to get it uh, i've seen someone on snapchat i've seen someone on instagram i want to get that and i want to be seen today and you know um and then you have you know the older cohort um so someone say in the 50s who just wants to look that little bit better um so yeah it's just really finding your fit i guess in any profession um Absolutely. you know good luck to all you know the chain clinics and other things like that like there's a market for everyone so you yeah. just find who you have your affiliation with and yeah yeah and I think build 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 on that
0: absolutely my um I have a 16 year old daughter just heard this yes. and at Christmas she had a very specific um like a lip gloss sort of not a lipstick but um, that you put on your lips from Mecca and it makes them tingle to make them bigger She's yep. already talking about lip fillers. Yep. She obviously is old enough to get them, and I feel like she's been groomed for them because mm-hmm. he's using this expensive, um, you know, like for a sixteen-year-old, fifty-five dollars for a lip gloss is
1: expensive. Wow, that's Gosh, why it that's was a luxury item, isn't
0: it? It is. That's why it was on her. You know, her Christmas was very yeah. specific, and apparently, this is the one that tingles and makes your lips bigger.
1: I think it has cinnamon in it, doesn't it? I think that <laughs> I've, I've. It's a funny feeling, actually yeah at right. least she's not going around sucking the bottle that was the careers that was around for a few years ago and then they would suck the bottle and make it bigger so i
0: remember and i remember saying to her not to do because i thought she's a prime candidate if she hasn't already yeah. done i'm gonna tell her not to and
1: yeah.
0: um, well same with the lift up i said to her when yes. that time comes yep yes you will consult somebody properly and do it properly yeah and it's,
1: it's tough so. isn't it it is and yeah, the, the, the world that they see is just such a wide, varied exposure to things. You think when we were growing up, you know, you had a little local magazine. I grew up in a small country town in Ireland. You know, I wasn't exposed to anything. I just had my friends at school and my family, and that was pretty much your, you know, bench for, you know, what you aspired to have. And now with, you know, this global exposure to everything, they 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 are experiencing things very very differently i think and i think that's our job to guide them and to make good decisions for them but also you know arm them with the tools that they can be comfortable and and uh you know do if they do want to do it that they seek out the right treatments and the right person for them
0: Absolutely, and and that brings me on to people. Now I'm assuming this has decreased significantly because of, significantly because of COVID. But people going overseas for crowns, um, even people with not what I would consider bad teeth, going in and getting you know all of their new teeth done to be you know glowing white, perfect like um, like Shane Warren.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it happens a lot. Um, obviously, with the travel restrictions, that's decreased. Um, but, you know, it does happen a lot. Um, I just think, you know, would I, I just say this to the patients, that you know, are considering doing it, I just say, would you have medical treatment in a country where you won't drink the water? So I think that's a very grinding question. Um, and some people will will do it. And, and, you know, in fairness, some outcomes are good. But I've seen really bad outcomes, you know really, really terrible, um, predominantly in Turkey, Egypt, patients coming back from there, the Middle East. yeah and and treatments that you know y- are really sort of archaic in in their approach that you know you just don't do in dentistry anymore. And the thing about teeth, you know it's irreversible. There's no going back. So once that tooth is prepped or treated or removed, it's not very easy to replace. So yeah, it sounds very enticing. And it sounds very, um, uh, you know, a a lucrative investment to do that. But, you know, what we have to do is think about the long-term. So I can today go into my clinic and pick up the drill and drill 50 teeth. Great. You've got the certificate on the wall to say do that. But should we do that? That tooth will be changed forever. There is no going back. So I think I am very much a risk-averse, a very preventative, very um, minimal impact dentist in the structure of the teeth. And I extend that into facial aesthetics as well, because once you do it, you can't go back. So, you know, the craze is, you know, to have veneers. So, veneers, you you usually have to cut the teeth. And we have this a lot with young girls coming in and young boys. But I do find in my clinic it is mostly the girls. And they will come in and say, um, I want to improve my smile. They're 18. um, They want to improve their smile. They want to get veneers. And so I say, Yeah, sure, not a problem. But you'll need to do this again in five years we need to cut your teeth, there's a risk that, you know, you could get decay, you could have to have a root canal, Um, there's going to be downtime, perhaps it will fracture, you're never going to be able to bite into an apple again, you're certainly not going to, you know, take off a beer bottle with your teeth. Um, And now you and I are married, we now have a more long-term relationship than a marriage. So I think we are very trigger happy to do. We're very trigger happy to pick up the drill, pick up the syringe, inject, um, but what is done cannot be undone. So I think being a little bit conservative, letting the patient, you know, really, really fully aware of what they're getting themselves into. Um, and a majority of people will just go, oh, well, maybe I'll think about it and come back to you later. And another way, you know, if, if patients want to, you know, have a small makeover, sometimes it can just be like clear bruises that they could do um, to align the teeth and maybe a little bit of whitening. So, yeah, I think it's all very glamorous and it's wonderful and everything looks good, but um, you have to consider that it is for life and that you have to maintain things. So it's not a, it's not a one hit wonder when you do things. Yeah.
0: If um, going back to just straightening them a little, uh, yes. what is the actual difference between sending away for one of the, um, you know, the mold boxes, you see the ads all the time on, yes. um, on, you know, social or on the internet, yep. you send away, you get a mold and they send you out your different, um, your different things to put in. Um, I'm not sure what they're called. I want to call it a mouth guard because that's what it kind of looks like. As opposed to going actually to a professional to have Invisalign or something. I think Invisalign is the only other option. There are so
1: many. So Invisalign is probably just the most well-known branding of clear trays to straighten your teeth. So there are many. There are lots and lots. There are, you know, 20 or 30 different brands. But Invisalign probably has the greatest, like, market presence and awareness. It's like, you know, filler brands. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so... Um
0: yeah look I
1: I just see so many disasters in my clinic for patients who have gone off and got their so um, don't, don't ma- order. mail order I mean it's Do like my mail. own mold <laughs> yeah so buy everywhere. um you know mail order dentistry can only end in disaster right um it's what would you go and order filler off the of the I mean they do in the UK and other parts of the world order filler and do your cheeks or order threads and do your own thread lift. So uh, what I've seen in my clinic is patients in extreme pain, because the tooth movement has not been done properly. Um, I've seen teeth move so badly that there's been gum impactions. Teeth have moved too rapidly that the ligament of the tooth can't cope and the tooth dies. Um, the gum strips back because the gum is moving in a different direction to the tooth. So, look, I think there is a reason why orthodontic, uh, orthodontists uh, and dentists who have done more training in orthodontics, but orthodontists, you know, they're dentists and then they've done another like four or five years study. Um, moving teeth is, is hard. And I think, you know, the people are so enticed by the cost, but then you've, you've got to pay to have it replaced. And And your bite is so significant in your whole overall head and neck. I mean, actually, your whole posture in your body, like you could have sacral pain and hip pain, and it may be coming from poor tongue alignment.
0: Wow. Um, But I wouldn't have known that you could have had those complications. I thought you were just putting in a different tray every week or month or whatever it is. And slowly, you know, they just they mm. become straight. And you look at the before yeah. and afters, which are a fantastic marketing tool for any procedure yeah. or treatment. Of course, and
1: you think, oh wow, that's yeah. easy. I, I have but no that, the last patient, the last patient that I had um, using the system, um, she ended up having a, a really, really horrific swelling right in underneath her throat and really was affecting her breathing we thought we were actually going to have to end up her, her sending her to emergency and um, she actually didn't have a checkup prior she didn't have any x-rays prior she had um, full-blown gum disease um, and if you've got gum disease you're going to move those teeth and one day those teeth you'll just pick them up with your fingers because you need support it's like building a house on a swamp I mean the house will look lovely for a year and then it will be in underneath you know in the in the foundation so yeah my recommendation is that health is health and you know you you can't you're straightening your teeth so then it's defined as an aesthetic thing so is it then defined as a beauty thing and it's not like the the, your teeth are actually like the mechanics of your teeth the way your teeth are held in the jawbone the way they have a ligament the gum I haven't seen any good come of it in my clinical practice so I'm sure there are great results out there I'm sure people have no problems I'm sure I'll get lots of hate for saying these things but my clinical experience of this is it's not um, working out for those patients that I've seen and now what they're going to have to do is actually go to an orthodontist to repair all the really bad work and perhaps Put the traditional metal braces on because the work may not be something that can be done through the, you know, the clear tray. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah.
0: Have you had success with Invisalign? I don't do it. Oh, okay.
1: Well, there you go. I think um, orthodontics is a specialty area. Yep. So I think I know what I do, and I do it really well, and Mm. um, and I'll just send someone off. Like you said, you've done, have it done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I have a great um, network of practitioners that I refer to and specialists, and we get great results for the patients. And then I finish off little tweakments at the end. So, yeah, I think it's um, a specialty area.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Can Can you tell us about your little tweakments and any success story, any patient story that is a feel good story that um, that you often may think of or refer to? We've had somebody come in. I think every
1: day there's a wonderful patient story (laughs) um I think you know the the most recent one that I remember is a lady who we did a full mouth rebuild so she was grinding her teeth so when you grind your teeth you make them very short and um, we did a full mouth rebuild which was um building up the teeth with bonding making them longer making them the right shape and the size and um then we did a little bit of um, you know lip treatment a little bit of rejuvenation and then I saw her husband so she was working from home and um, I saw her husband not so long ago and she said hey you know he said oh you know my wife is just so happy and I said oh really because you know I didn't really get any you know major feedback like that from her and she said, yeah yeah she's just got a new job and she said you know, the interview was on Zoom and he said she never would have had the confidence to get on and actually have that interview. So she got a new job because of what you've done. So, you know, the treatment that you and the team and what she's committed to has actually literally changed her life. So there are so many beautiful stories on a daily basis, like the fact that someone can even just be so nervous to come through the doors and actually come through the doors to have a chat. Um, is just you know I, I think it's the little little wins in all our lives that add up to the greatest achievements that we have so you know it doesn't have to be a big headline story it doesn't have to be a big big aesthetic case it can just be the simplest of things you know even someone who hasn't looked after their skin or someone who hasn't looked after themselves and they do one small little thing and you know you get a message to say hey you know I feel good. You know, I think we we are seeing more the connection between feeling good and looking good. It can't be denied. The evidence is there. The clinical studies are there. Um, one of the most recent articles is, you know, how even injectables, you know, anti-wrinkle injections are actually having an impact on depression. So, and I think, you know, the way that we, we are at the moment in the world where we're all masked up, you know, that, that we're really only seeing such a small part of the face. So we're only seeing that upper third. And, you know, that upper third, you know, there's such an intense focus on it at the moment. So I think that's probably been a big request in my clinic, that upper third, because people see it. And also, you know, there's that feedback loop of, even when you smile, like they say, you, if even if you don't feel like smiling, use those muscles, give the brain a feedback loop, and you release feel good chemicals. So, I think you know everyone at the end of the day wants to feel good. Um, what whatever that means to them is very individual. Whether it's through you know working out, good diet, um, you know looking after the health, or achieving something, or whether it's just getting your lips done, cheeks done, or getting better skin, or sorting out that problem too it, um, feeling good and looking good means so many different things to so many people and I think that's why it's really important to understand the patient's motivations and and where they will actually see value in, in what you're doing with them so um, yeah I think the ultimate thing is you know that we want to leave the patient I, I want my, myself and my team we want to leave that patient. Feeling better about themselves than when they first met us.
0: That's a beautiful note to um, to wrap up on. And thank you. Um, oh my goodness, I, I can't thank you enough for talking
1: to me today. No, thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: um, if people would like to learn more about you, um, because obviously this is this is so fleeting, they can visit you at plusestetics.com.au
1: that's correct
0: and also you have martinadental.com.au that's right and you've done tons of different media there's tons of different articles and I assume your team is very very busy because you've got
1: tons you've of seen nothing media. yet you've seen nothing yet oh my so goodness there's so, there's so much wow. more to come
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. this is just the beginning Wow, well that that's incredible! Thank you so much, and I hope we can um, do another podcast in the future, and um, and of course come in and, and visit the clinic someday.
1: Absolutely, you're still nearby. Come in and let's have a yes, chat and a coffee.
0: Definitely. Thank yeah, you. Thanks so for much.
1: having me. Thank you. Bye. Got
0: a burning question for Trish and Nick at Aesthetics Uncensored? Slide into their DMs on Instagram at Aesthetics Uncensored. Stay positive, boobs and chin high.